Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 180 of the Distraction Pieces podcast. My name is Scroobius Pip, and today I'm all on my own. I'm I'm sitting in the lovely Distraction Pieces studio. You might be able to hear in the background I've got the heaters on because I've not been keeping it too hot. But I'm going to sit here for however long it takes and go over my films of 2017. It's my top 16 films. The reason it's 16 is that that fits nicely on an Instagram post. I'll give the history of this. I've uh, This has become one of my most um, awaited slash debated posts each year. I always do, for a, f- a few years now, I've done my films of the year, and, and Brett Goldstein does as well, and we often debate back and forth over them. But I'll do my posts on social media, and there'll be a lot of people who don't agree, and a lot of people that do agree. I always have this big thing where I say it's fine to not agree, but don't tell me what I should have seen because you don't know what I have seen. And just because it's not on my list, it doesn't mean I haven't seen it. I get really, I, I know it's all pedantic, but I get really annoyed over it all because people will be like, you should have seen this film. And they'll be like, well, you don't know that I didn't. Our tastes are different. Like there's going to be some films in here that's, that some of you are going to get annoyed at. And there's going to be some that aren't in here that some of you are going to get annoyed at, I'm sure. But it's different tastes. But on this year's post, and at the end of this podcast, actually, I'm going to give the full list of films I saw at the cinema to try and escape that um, angle. And it's loads. It's it's it, it's a lot. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. We're obviously brought to you as ever by speechdevelopmentrecords.com. Um, head over there for all your winter goodies. There's, if you, if you just no <laughs> hooks aside, there's, if you're looking for something as a Christmas gift or a stocking filler, our sign section is a good bet. We've got the Distraction Pieces book. We've got my graphic novel of poetry. Um, we've got some, some some CDs, some vinyl in there. We've got my live DVD, which is a two-disc um, set that that's, I'm really proud of. Um, and they're all signed, and that's something a bit unusual and special. But also we've obviously got all the, the stuff I've been pushing all winter with our... Bubble hats, scarves, t-shirts, everything. In fact, we stocked up the t-shirts to do a few of them in double XL and triple XL because we had a few people requesting. So we have listened to you. But yeah, speechdevelopmentrecords.com. Check that out. Now, if it's okay with you, I'm going to have Buddy Peace drop the goddamn theme tune and we're going to get into our films of 2017. Let's do this. Right, the first thing I said I need to tell you is that this is my list of films of 2017. It's just what I've enjoyed the most. It's not it's not telling you it's better than your choices. It's it can't be wrong because it's it's my list and your list can't be wrong because it's your list. These are the things I argue the most about on social media every time I post this. And I'll be posting the image I've, I've basically I've made an Instagram post. I'll be posting that after these podcasts have gone out. The order I'm going to be giving them to you in isn't order of best. I've not ranked them. I've just picked my top 16. The way I did it is at the start of the year, I had a thing in my notes and I listed every time I went to the c- c- cinema. And then as I came to this, I put a little star by the ones that I thought might make my end of year list. And then I've whittled that down to my final 16 and I said the 16 is because it fits it fits in an Instagram post so rather than being in an order of preference they're in order that I saw them so generally order of release in the UK there's a couple I saw in the US but generally order of release in the UK and yeah and the order I I saw them in so let's start at the beginning the first one and, and interestingly I'll tell you now I'm going to give you the full list at the end but at the beginning of the year or not all at the beginning there's there's three films essentially i'm looking at on my list of of films i've seen there's three that had stars by them and they're la la land moonlight and train to busan now i saw all of those this year in the cinema but 
they came out last year and I've exploited that fact because I was really struggling to to whittle it down to 16 so they're 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 three that um might have been battling for a position here but the first one I'm going to go with which was actually the first film I saw this year um is train spotting two uh it blew me away I loved it I went in really cautious and really nervous because I loved the first train spotting and it's it's been a long old time and it's tough to return to things and sometimes you should leave things as they were untouched and it was a film that came out originally it was kind of small and gritty I know it was big but it was a gritty everyone in it was pretty much unknown and then since then it's become iconic it's become cult the soundtrack has become as legendary as the film the posters have has become as legendary as the film and you know the bulk of the cast have 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 become hugely well known so it was a risky one and also the big risk was over the fact it was called t2 train spotting which i didn't enjoy at all t2 is terminator 2 that's what t2 is it's not it's not train spotting 2 should just be train spotting 2 not t2 i don't i'm still not happy about that but for me it delivered on every level it had the nostalgia hits it had the shots that were referencing the original but again it didn't just try and replicate or linger there so yeah i absolutely adored it i'm going to tell you now because of the of, of the next episode or of the next film choice don't panic it's not all just people i've had on the podcast <laughs> there are hang on let me look one two um no 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 three four five six there's six i think that of people who i've had on the podcast but that's not why i picked it there's loads that were people on the podcast that haven't made the cut and it's not hating on any of them again if it just because it doesn't make my end of the year list it doesn't mean it's a it's a bad movie um it just means it, it, there were other films i enjoyed more so next next up is S- S- sing and sing i watched because of a podcast i i got offered garth jennings and was invited to a screening and i'd accepted garth because i'm a fan of his work in general i really enjoyed son of rambo i've enjoyed his music videos and more as much as anything i've enjoyed him on adam buxton's podcast so i accepted it because i liked garth and then it was like oh here's the film do you want to go and see it and i was like oh god if this is rubbish it's going to be really awkward but i adored it i genuinely loved it and and this this feels like one that potentially people are going to be annoyed i've put on over other films that came out this year that are maybe more or grown-up films i guess it's a kids film it's a kids film if you're not familiar with it i should give a bit of a breakdown you all know that train spotting 2 is the sequel to, to train spotting 1 and it's continuing the story of or a reunion of renton and sick boy and spud and begbie and all of those so that is what it is i only need to tell you much sing if you don't know is from illumination who did minions and and despicable me and all that and and when i was in france recently i went to visit garth just for a catch-up at at the illumination offices and i had to to sign a non-disclosure thing so i couldn't take any pictures but but there were like minions and stuff about and loads of cool cool stuff so i enjoyed that but sing is it's a, a city it's it's, a, it's it's set in a city where everyone's an animal and there's this little koala who runs a theater and basically he sets up a um a, a talent contest to, to to save his theater and again you're probably listening to this and going this just sounds stupid but man the characters are so wonderful i absolutely adored it the songs are brilliant and the thing that i think was great about it and i discussed this with garth in the podcast is a lot of people me included at points are cynical and and don't like reality tv shows like x factor and britain's got talent and all that and the thing that we don't like about it is how contrived it is and how how planned and thought out and 
but even if we don't like it i guarantee you you've watched at some point and they've done the sob story bit or they've done something and then the person starts singing and they're wonderful and the crowd cheer and you well up a little bit like they're amazing at getting that same thing every time but getting your emotions and what i loved about sing was they got to use those tropes and setups but you didn't have the issue of it being contrived and set up because it's an animation it's meant to be set up and thought out and contrived and planned so you could just lose yourself in those perfectly realized using the exact right song at the exact right time and the crowd reacts and all this i absolutely adored it so sing is the next one on my list i'm going to get the next one up on imdb because i want to be careful on what i say because the next one on my list is, is is get out and i saw that twice in the cinema that's how much i enjoyed it i saw it in america and then i caught it when i came home i loved it i went to see get out oh it's a tough one because it's being raved about it's up for awards there's a lot of controversy because it's up for a i think it's in the which one is it the, the golden globes it's up for um it's in the in the best comedy category which is tough because i mean the writer uh jordan peele he's a comedian he was in 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 key and peele which if you've not seen their sketch show it's great it was hilarious but yeah it's not really a comedy it's uh unusual it's it's hard to define what it is and that's what was great about it was i was told very little about it and i was told not to read up much about it that's the reason i'm reluctant to say too much to you i guess it's kind of a horror and it is it's a horror let me see what the 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 breakdown here is um it's time for a, a young african american to meet his white girlfriend's parents for a weekend in their secluded estate in the woods but before long the friendly and polite ambience will give way to a nightmare that's not giving away to too much i don't think but yeah it blew me away i absolutely adored it. it the 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 writing and the acting was just just perfect it told a really intriguing story it had twists and turns but it also made great social commentary i remember reading one review it, it allowed black people to be scared in a movie for once rather than being the scary um, and that was a good point. The thing that really caught my eye on it was uh, 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 when it came out, Chance the the rapper, who's a rapper I really like, he went to see it in the cinema. And when he came out, he bought all the tickets for the next week or something and just said, everyone has to see this. I've paid for all the tickets. Just go and see it for free. And that made me go, man, that's a hell of an endorsement. So... I checked it out while I was in. I, I, it was. I've made three trips to America this year on work, and this one, I landed, and on the day I landed, I had the evening free, and I went to see it because I knew I was going to have a hectic week, and I hadn't planned anything obviously for the day I'd landed because I'm travelling, and I thought if I don't go and see it now, I might not catch it. So I went to see it, and it was blooming wonderful. So yeah. Train spotting to sing and get out, and following that is another film I saw in America. Did I see it over here first? I saw it over here first. Did I? I think it might have been on my second trip to America this year. Um, I saw it. It's another another film I saw twice. It's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I I adore it. I've, I've in fact I saw it twice in the cinema and I've I've watched it once on DVD or on demand since. I just love it. The first Guardians came out two years ago and I went to see it on my birthday. On my birthday, I like to go and see a film in the daytime. Often on my own, I enjoy solo cinema. And yeah, I went to see Guardians not knowing what to expect and it blew me away. So this year, Guardians 2 came out and I thought it was just amazing. I thought the development of Michael Rooker's character was great. I loved Baby Groot, and I thought they were restrained with Baby Groot. And when you've invented such a cute character, it could be easy to sling him just in every scene and constantly. But I thought they were—they showed great restraint with Baby Groot. 
and I just thought the story was great. I thought it looked beautiful. The additions to the cast were great because it was a scary one because the first one came out and although it's a big Marvel film, it didn't have as much as much expectation as your Avengers or whatever else because Guardians is a smaller a smaller franchise. So it came out and took everyone by surprise, and I was worried that now it's a a, a, a banker as such. They were going to add tons of people, but the people they added, Sylvester Stallone in a small role and Kurt Russell in an important role, were perfect. They f- they fitted the tone just right. And the tone continued to just have that humour whilst also telling a dramatic story and having all the action and excitement of a comic book film. So I loved that. So that's my number four. I should mention it at this point. I forgot to mention it at the start. Um and this isn't a plug and this isn't paid for, but I got, I got, oh, my voice went really weird then. I've got um, an Odeon Unlimited card and for my birthday, my mum got me a Cineworld Unlimited type card thing. And they're great because as you can see, or, or particularly when I read my list out at the end, I go and see a lot of films. If if you don't go and see a lot of films, it's it's not worth getting one of these unlimited cards. But if you do, it's well worth it. Because the other thing that I found, although I, there's a lot of films I would choose to go and see anyway, if you've got one of these unlimited cards, which means you just get in for free, you'll go and see films you might not have seen. Because I'll just have I'll have an afternoon spare, and there's no cost or risk. So I'll just check something out, and there you go. I found a new favourite. So yeah. I enjoy them. I'd also take this point to say if anyone from Odeon or Centre World are listening, I'll be doing the film list next year as well. So feel free to hook me up with <laughs> with a free unlimited card. Holler at your boy. I'm on social media. Come at me, bro. I just love cinemas. Is 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 it's it's, it's part of what started these film lists i love going into the the cinema to watch films i think in this day and age if i'm watching anything at home i'll be glancing at my phone i'll be distracted whereas in the cinema if you get your phone out in the cinema you're basically scum um in my opinion so in the cinema i'll truly get lost in a film and pay attention to everything whereas at home even if it's a film i'm excited about i'll be as said i'll be glancing at my phone and generally distracted but yeah that is enough about that let's get on to number five number five is the first world cinema in the uh in the list this is a film that i went to a preview screening of and they had it's it's a horror they had a guy there to keep an eye on people passing out or throwing up which i thought was a bit extreme it's a good film it catches you but yeah, apparently there'd been all sorts of reports of screenings where people were being sick or were passing out at what was going on. But I just thought it was a wonderfully realised. The wit and humour was great. It's called Raw. The plot on uh, on IMDb is just a, 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 when a young vegetarian undergoes a carnivorous hazing ritual at, v- at vet school, an unbidden taste for meat begins to grow in her. Yeah. It's really good fun. It's about a young girl and her sister. It's kind of the relationship b- between her and her sister. And as I said, she's a, a, a young student attending vet school. And after the, the hazing ritual, which is a weird thing. Hazing's a weird thing. But part of the thing was that you had to eat this bit of, of raw meat. And she was like, I'm a vegetarian. But it's part of the hazing. And yeah, I won't go into too much detail, but... It's really good fun. It's the humour is wonderful in the right places. The way it's shot and the way it's acted is fantastic. It does have bits that gross you out. I wouldn't. I don't know if it's scary. It's alarming and uncomfortable. I spoke to a, a Jimmy Havoc once, who's a wrestler who's going to be on our end of year drunk cast, and he was saying he realised he does a lot of hardcore matches, and he realised that the stuff that really gets people is the more relatable stuff. So if he hits someone with a chair or throws them through a table, you've, people have never been hit with a chair or thrown through a table. So whilst it's a bit sh- shocking, it doesn't get a visceral reaction. Whereas J- J- Jimmy has got a thing where he'll get 
a bit of card or paper and he'll open up someone's fingers and he'll put the card in between them and he'll give them a paper cut on the bit that that joins your fingers and it's hideous just thinking about it and now it makes me shiver a little bit and that's the kind of horror or gore that's in this it's it's realistic in its in its minimalistic levels i guess it's it's gory but in a yeah i can imagine that kind of way so yeah that's raw r-a-w it's a french film and i think it's french i could have have got that wrong and yeah i blooming loved it next up on my list is another superhero movie a a lot of you who listen regularly will know i'm a big fan of superhero movies so let's have a look how many are on my 16 there's only three in my 16 i wouldn't class any of the others as superhero but the second one on my list is logan and i wouldn't even particularly class that as a a superhero movie there was an episode of hardcore listing where they had tony rod from master chef on was it tony rod no it wasn't or maybe it was Tony and he did too. But they picked their top five modern westerns. And it's westerns that aren't westerns as such. And this was on there because Logan is made like a western. It's shot like a western. It's told told like a western. And I love it for that. It's gory and graphic and gets straight in as an adult movie. I'm I'm really hoping it... It opens the eyes of all the studios that there can be a variation in comic book movies. I love Avengers and stuff like that, but they are very child-friendly. And things like Logan and Deadpool coming out and being very adult-targeted and then being huge successes, I'm hoping they draw people in in that that direction. But yeah, I'd recommend Logan to people, even if you aren't a comic book fan, it's really good it's really blooming good um a lot of these are available on on demand and all that kind of so feel free to make note along the way and check some of them out and let me know what you think next up is a film i saw while i was filming in leeds and it's weird actually because i was doing this a film earlier this, this year in leeds called um a walk like a panther and I'd been called to set in the morning and I was, I was sat in the car waiting to go to set and I was ch- chatting with Christopher Fairbank who I ended up doing a podcast with if, if you want to go go back and check that one out. And just as we were about to leave, I was told I wasn't needed that day. So I took myself off. I rushed off to see this next film because it wasn't on locally to me. I checked out film times and it was on and I wanted to check it out, which meant this film took me 20 minutes or so to adjust to because unbeknownst to me a christopher fairbank was in it so i <laughs> i struggled to have that suspension of dis- disbelief because it was like, oh that's the bloke i was just s- s- sat in the back of a car with um but it's it's a lady Macbeth, and it's it's wonderful here's the description on imdb in 19th century rural england a young bride who has been sold into marriage discovers an unstoppable desire within herself as she enters into an affair with a worker on her estate it's wonderful it's a period piece shot like no period piece i've seen before it was directed by a william oldroyd and it was his first proper film i think again just from speaking to chris fairbank this was kind of his debut and it's bold as hell, particularly as a debut. It's also got Florence Pugh, who I hope to have on the podcast soon because she's amazing in this. And she's in a film coming up called Wrestling... No, Fighting My Family or Fighting With My Family. And it's the story of Paige um, in the in the WWE and her, her family who are all wrestlers. And I, I chat to a few of them, so I know a few of them. So I'm looking forward to catching that. But... um. Florence Pugh and Cosmo Jarvis in this have just absolute star turns. They're, I'd not seen either of them in anything until now. And they're just... I could have watched them for hours and hours and hours. Their interaction is great, but in general, Florence's performance is just 
it's just wonderful i really i can't recommend it highly enough um and yeah it's made in this stark dark manner it's actually a uh an adaptation of a i think it's a russian novel but it, that was originally i'm sure it was an opera i'm sure my because my brother had told me about it. I'm sure it was originally an opera, and the, th- the problems my brother had was they changed certain parts of the story to make them a little bit more palatable, and he preferred the version in the opera. But not knowing those alternative versions, I didn't think anything felt particularly palatable or cleaned up. It's, yeah, it's wonderful. Hour and a half long, great performances from people I didn't particularly n- 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 know before this Christopher Fairbank, bizarrely, obviously, I, of course, I recognise because he's been in in loads of stuff. But other than that, I didn't know any of the staff staff cast. <laughs> and yeah, it's absolutely f- fantastic. Oh, that's it. It's it's based on 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 Lady Macbeth of M T S E N S K, which is by and Nikolai Leskov, and it was adapted by Alice Birch. So yeah, I recommend that. It's Blooming cracking. Next up is Dunkirk. Man, what a film. I'm not the biggest fan of war films. I think there's been some good ones, but it's not particularly a genre I rush towards. I'm not against them, but it's not one that I rush towards. But I am a fan of Christopher Nolan, and I am a fan of Killian Murphy, and I am, of course, a fan of Thomas Hardy. And Tom invited me along to the premiere of this and i was like great i took brett goldstein along as my date um previous podcast guest and and last year's drunk cast special guest so we're all suited and booted and i've not been to loads i've been to a few premieres and often a weird experience because it's a bit i like to watch a film in a cinema with my feet up on the chair in front hot dog ice cream sweets all the works and you often premieres you're all suited and booted, like, like Harry Styles is in this. So the premiere was crazy with Hardy and Styles and Killian Murphy and Kenneth Branagh, all these people. But within the first ten minutes, I did not feel like I was at a premiere anymore. The sound design in this is so overwhelming and 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 restrictive. It makes you feel like you're. Oh, it makes you feel just completely uncomfortable and on edge from the very beginning and they nailed that throughout the whole film everyone is great in it there was a lot of oh what's Harry Styles doing in it the best a review I saw was um, he didn't stand out in the best possible way and that was it I thought it was amazing I was chatting about it afterwards and this is kind of this isn't a spoiler but someone pointed out that it's obviously based on on Dunkirk, the Battle of Dunkirk. And someone pointed out afterwards that all the tension and that, you don't you never actually see any Germans. And it made me realise that it, 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 it took from a lot of the best ho- best horrors. It's all about what you don't see and the tension is just built so much from the sound and from the threat and from everything else and yeah oh oh it was good so yeah that was dunkirk next up a film i saw a trailer for when i went to see guardians of the galaxy 2 and i chatted to one of the cast members as sophia bertella in what i would argue is the best episode of the podcast this year there's been a few there's obviously there I'm pleased with all of them but that was one that took me by surprise I expected it to be good and it was just amazing and at that point I'd only seen the trailer for this I hadn't seen the film but yeah have I said the name of it it's Atomic Blonde the trailer bl- blew me away it really excited me and as soon as it came out I went to to see it I went to see it before the live hardcore listing earlier this year in 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 uh, in Soho Square Hoxton Square where Hoxton Square yeah and it was just amazing. I love what's his name, David. Um, why have I got a, a lynch in my head? Hang on, I'm looking it up. Atomic Blonde. Yeah, David Lech. 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 Um, who was a stunt coordinator back in the day on on 
Fight Club and the Born Identity and the 300 and all sorts of things like that. And, yeah, he's fantastic. He's doing the new Deadpool, unless I'm very much mistaken. Oh, I'm not mistaken. He did he, he did John Wick. He did he directed John Wick and he directed this and he's directing the new Deadpool, which is hugely exciting because obviously I'm a big Deadpool fan. I've mentioned that a million times on the podcast. But yeah, Atomic Blonde bl- blew me away. There's a it's got a, a Charlie's Theron and James McAvoy, who's also been on the podcast this year. I think this year, yeah. So James McAvoy, another guest of this year so check that out um it's got eddie marzen in who i always love and toby jones and john goodman so it's got some really good people um B- bill skarsgård is in it i didn't even i remember that he he played it in it this year but yeah it's a. Uh, let's have a look at the description an undercover mi6 agent is sent to berlin during the cold war to investigate the murder of a fellow agent and recover a missing list of double agents yeah that about sums it up but it's a wonderful like charlie's theron is amazing as a kick-ass badass slash kick-ass badass agent and there's a particular there's a fight scene on i think david I think it was David Leach who did the Daredevil stunt work. I could be wrong. I could have imagined that. He did. I'm sure he was involved in it in some way. But yeah, there's a fight scene in this that's one of the best fight scenes I have ever seen in my life. It's on some stairs. He does a lot of one-shot stuff, and you'll know if you've seen my stunner video or introduction video or no Nimbus video or no Wimpers video or hungry hung hung hungry by b- war and peace video i love a one shot so yeah it's fantastic the soundtrack's amazing the performances are amazing chickadoo so next up on the list is detroit with young mr will Poulter, who's been on the podcast who i think is going to get a lot of of nominations for this performance it was great and who incidentally came along to the last uh, uh, we are lizards of the year so at least you don't have to hear me plug in uh, we are lizards for the next few weeks we will be back on january 27th fyi that's my club night um and detroit was great again i won't go into tons and tons of detail because we talked about it on the episode that uh, that will that will porter was on but it's a fact-based drama set during the 1967 Detroit riots, uh, but it's got a bit of its own story going on. The big thing that happened in those riots was a group of rogue police officers respond to a complaint with retribution rather than justice on their minds, and it felt painfully topical and relevant and poignant because of all the 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 race issues going on in america this year and literally as it came out was as the nazi rally had happened and that guy had run so that scumbag had, had run someone over and killed them and just doing it's it's it, it's 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 painfully poignant as said but it's really enjoyable i went in expecting it to just be heavy and it is heavy and it is a drama but the tone is lovely the party and atmosphere the vibe of, of Detroit at that time because that was a musical hub as well you know John Boyega is amazing in it and I mean everyone's a fantastic in it but a, a John Boyega and a, a Will Porter in particular just have real breakout star turns in this so I recommend it highly N- next up on my list is a film called Beach Rats. I had, on one of my trips to America, I keep going on about my trips to America, I had three days or two and a half days in in New York, and I recorded an episode of the podcast with Gene Gray, and an episode with Johnny Lee Miller, but I also, I, I had a spare afternoon, so I looked at what films were on, and one of the films that were on was a film called Beach Rats, and it was on in Brooklyn, and it's it's, it's set in Brooklyn, 
the description on IMDb. A Brooklyn teenager spends his days experimenting with drugs and looking online for older men to meet with. And the reviews were good. And I thought I'd check it out, and it blew me away. The lead performance from a young lad called Harris Dickinson was so natural and so so wonderfully done. I guess it would come under gay cinema i know it was part of a gay season they had at this particular cinema but it's a wonderful exploration of that even the 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 lead character doesn't particularly consider himself to be gay but he does have kind of interactions with older men online and and meets up with them and stuff like that but yeah it's it's a wonderful film it it meanders along and just has a real a truth and, and realness to it that just blew me away it didn't feel like it was trying to push it was it didn't feel as if it was trying to push a message or agenda or build the drama and i know that's partly what we want from cinema but yeah i really enjoyed it i thought it's it fantastic so yeah i highly recommend beach rats i think it's it's up for a load of awards or yeah it was a winner of of a sundance award it was a winner of new directors and new films award just all sorts of stuff a roger ebert.com says harris dickinson is a revelation so believable that you forget you're watching a performance and yeah that sums it up in fact i read that and that's what drew me to go and see it i read that quote and it drew me in but everyone in it is fantastic there was a who was the young lady in it um madeline weinstein and she was just wonderful just so natural and engaging and yeah i recommend it it highly let me go on to the next one so let me give you an update so far so it's been train spotting 2 sing get out guardians of the galaxy 2 raw logan lady Macbeth, dunkirk atomic blonde detroit and beach rats and we've got five more to go next up death of stalin um again i won't go into huge huge amounts of detail on this because i did a podcast we have Armando Iannucci, but I adored this. It was, was was fantastic. The ensemble cast was hilarious. It's taken... I saw a few things, a few articles online that, that broke down the inaccuracies in it. And, mate, it's a comedy. If if It follows, essentially, Stalin's last days and depicts the chaos of the regime after his death, the, the battle for power, the, the backstabbing. But the cast is just amazing from... Steve Bashemi to Rupert Friend to Michael Palin. Um, as Simon Russell Bill is an absolute show stealer. Um, I hadn't, I'd only seen him in stage prior to this. Uh, Paul Whitehouse in there. So many good people. Paddy Considine, Jason Isaacs. It's really good and it's hilarious and it's 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 classic Armando Iannucci, isn't it? It's just it's witty and engaging throughout and just yeah i really enjoyed it and not being that up to date on a lot of the history i felt a little bit educated (laughs) even though it's historically inaccurate next up brawl in cell block 99 again this is one that i've mentioned a lot so i won't go into crazy detail i had the writer um and director s craig zala on uh, previously so i recommend you, ch- you check that out but man this was i went to a preview of it and i came out it's the first film in a while that i've come out and text chris of the drunk cast immediately and said mate i've seen this film you're gonna like it it revolves primarily around a vince vaughn and jennifer carpenter is his missus in it who was in who is the sister in dexter and, sh- and she's great but it's got don johnson in and Udo uh, Kier just it's got a lot of good people but it's the writing and directing that just blows you away briefly a former boxer turned drug runner lands in a prison battleground after a deal gets deadly yeah I loved it I'm a fan of the way S. Craig Zala works he did Bone Tomahawk which was a favourite of mine from previous years and his violence is incredibly violent but not shot in the choppy, cutty way that's popular with violence now. It's shot in a kind of 
slow, uncomfortable, methodical way, which doesn't allow you to to look away. It kind of confronts you with it, and you go, "Oh God, this is out." And Vince of Vaughn is just instantly convincing as a hard as nails dude. Because if we didn't all know him as this comedy guy, he's about six foot six. He's a monster of a man. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. It's fantastic. Uh, but I've talked about it a lot, so I'll leave that there. Next up, we're down to our last three. And next up is Colossal. Now, I really enjoyed this. Let me see. Let me get some details up for you. Because the the writer and director, Nacho Vigaldo, wrote and directed one of my favourite films, Time Crimes. And when I had my monthly night at the Prince Charles Cinema, the the first film I showed there was Time Crimes. And I accidentally, apparently, gave it its UK premiere <laughs> because it's a film that, that that was a small independent it didn't get a proper a cinema release in the uk but it blew up a little bit online and on dvd and i screened it there and i hit nacho up on twitter and said can you do me a little video and he did an amazing little video and yeah i wasn't aware but it turns out it was the uk a premiere of it so i'd heard hype about of this film with anne hathaway and anne hathaway and jason's Sadikas amongst many others Dan Stevens is in it who I really like not Dan Lesac but I really I liked him in what is it is it The Guest is it called let me look now yeah The Guest he was fantastic in that and yeah it's it's wonderful let's 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 give the description Gloria is an out of work party girl forced to leave her like in life in New York City and move back home when reports surfaced that a giant creature is Destroying Suel, Suel, that place. Um, she grad- gradually comes to the realization that she may somehow be connected to this phenomenon. It's wonderful. It's mental and batshit and bizarre, but it also—I don't know—it looks at at depression and alcoholism and different things and je- je- jealousy and relationships control i really enjoyed it i thought it was great so essentially yeah she Anne halfway gloria is a bit of an alcoholic and her her relationship falls apart because of this and she moves back home and at the same time a monster appears and smashes like like up a load of the city and then vanishes and it's news all over the world and then she starts to notice that maybe the there's a connection in some way and it's really good so i recommend that um what is next up oh this was cracking and this was a tough one because the uk release has just been announced as january so it's tough but i saw it at the end of of the london film festival it's three billboards outside ebbing missouri um, it's, it's it's written and, and, and directed by Martin McDonough, who did Seven Psychopaths, which is one of my favourite films. Um, in Bruges, which everyone uh, I liked more than me. I enjoyed In Bruges, but I really enjoyed Seven Psychopaths. Yeah, so I'm a fan of him. And then one of the stars of it is Sam Rockwell, who I'm a massive fan of. Other stars of it um, are Caleb Landry Jones, who was in get out but i first saw him in x-men was it first class where he's playing banshee and i really i really liked his face he's got a great face so there's some good people and then you add kind of co-leads so there's kind of three leads i'd say i'd say sam rockwell woody harrelson and then the lead 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 of francis mcdermott who puts on just such an amazing performance as she she was in fargo um and has been in loads of stuff but she's just amazing in it it's based on a true story um i believe have i just 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 made that up i might have made that up if it isn't based on a true story then i apologize but the description is a mother personally challenges are the local authorities to solve her daughter's murder when they they fail to catch a culprit so basically what happens is she lives in this small town or 
Abby Missouri, you'll get that from the name. And her daughter is killed, and it's not pretty. It's quite horrific. And the police aren't solving anything, so she rents the three billboards on the way in and just kind of holds them to task and says, why haven't you found anything out? Like, what's going on? And directly names the chief of police, and it causes all sorts of news stories, and it's just wonderful. All of, of the interactions... Sam Rockwell as ever I love his performances I love all the little nuances there's a particular tiny little reaction that he gives at one point that I was just like mate mate that's the, that's what I want to be doing as an as an actor I want to aspire to be on that kind of level with these these uh, little nuances and touches that are just yeah are wonderful but yeah it's really good and everyone in it is just just puts in a hell of a performance Right, we're on to the last one. After the last one, I'll give a, a I'll go through the list of everything I saw, but I'll do that a lot quicker. A last up is Thor Ragnarok. Now, I liked the first Thor. I thought it was amazing, particularly considering how hard Thor is to make remotely credible. Or it, Thor was the one I saw as the the toughest to turn into a a, a, a film, a modern film. But they, I thought that. They'd done a decent job, enjoyed them all, enjoyed them in the Avengers stuff. And then this one came along, the third one. And it's by Taika Awatiti, who I'm a big fan of anyway. He directed What We Do in the the Shadows and Hunt Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, And The the Boy, I think it was called. I watched that, that the other day. He's fantastic. He's hilarious. And he brings that to this. They've made just the most enjoyable comedy. His character in this is just astounding. Um, a, a Jeff Goldblum is also added to the cast here, and that's fantastic. But Tyker plays Korg, who's one of the, the, the funniest characters I've seen. Um, interestingly, Carl Urban plays a character called Scourge. I don't think I've told anyone this, but I auditioned for that role. And I'd been all I'd been told was it was an untitled Marvel film. So I never knew what it was until I was watching this and he started doing the very lines that I did in this studio I'm in now is where I filmed it. Um, and yeah, he's great. He's way better than me. He's Carl Urban. He was dread. He was amazing as dread. Of course he gets it over me. Good choice. I, I, I applaud that casting. But yeah, it's fantastic. Again, it's one that I feel, even if you aren't into superhero movies, you should be going and seeing this because the comedy is just just wonderful. The tone is great. The story's fun. And it was great to see. This is one example of, though, I'm giving a, a, a negative here, of why I try and avoid trailers. I watch them in the cinema, but I won't watch them on YouTube or whatever else. Because I guess in the cinema, at least I'm getting the full impact of it. But superhero movies are killer for that and i felt that this was one that there was a couple of points that if i'd seen it just in the film and not had the trailer i would have gone crazy but because i knew it was coming it numbed it a little bit i thought that with the the batman that had had bane in because that bit the big bit in the in the football stadium was just amazing, but that was the trailer. So when that happened in the film, I'd watched the trailer about a hundred times up to that, so it took the impact out. But yeah, that is my last one. I absolutely adored it. Thor Ragnarok. Obviously, I'm recording this before I've seen Justice League, which I will go and see, even though everyone says it's not awesome. And there'll be a Star Wars out, won't there, at Christmas, but I'm getting this in there now. So they're my films. Let me give you the run, the, the run through again. And then I'll sh- tell you all the ones I've seen. So, Train Spotting 2, Sing, Get Out, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Raw, Logan, Lady Macbeth, Dunkirk, Atomic Blonde, D- Detroit, Beach Rats, The Death of Stalin, Brawling Cell Block 99, Colossal, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and Thor Ragnarok. Now, I think all of them, except for Thor and Stalin currently on demand on different things whether it be on itunes or amazon check them out um and three billboards outside 
Abbey, Missouri comes out next year. But it's a cool independent film, so I do urge you to go and support that in the cinema and give it the chance it deserves, or give us the chance we deserve to have more films of that tone because it's it's a, a cinematic success, hopefully. And let's go through the films I saw this year in order. The first four I saw in two days, so I did two double bills at the Greenwich Odeon. So that's Train Spotting 2 and La La Land, Split and Lego Batman. Now, Lego Batman and Split were both on the list for a long time to get in the, the films of the year, but just slipped out. Then Moonlight, Sing, Roar, John Wick 2, I thought was cool. It didn't add much to John Wick to me, but it made me ex- the ending made me excited about what's to come. It's similar to Split. There was a, a bit at the end of the Split that just had me super hype. Logan, Get Out, Kong, Sk- Skull Island. I enjoyed, and me and Chris, I, I went to see in, in S- S- Cineworld 4D, which is fun, but possibly a bit much. <laughs> like, your seats move and all that, but it was all right. Train to Busan, Kicks. I enjoyed Kicks. Um, it's a little film about a young kid in LA who gets a pair of red Air Jordans and that's all he wants and it means the world and then it's yeah it's really enjoyable actually that came close it's good fun because it then shows the the risks of putting such value on material things it's good Ghost in the Shell enjoyed that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 Free Fire I really enjoyed City of Tiny Lights Riz Ahmed I enjoyed that King Arthur I enjoyed that despite being cut out of it Low Riders, I saw that in LA, and that's that was great to see in the right atmosphere. Lost City of Z, that was fantastic, and that was close to being in the list. It's been overlooked a lot, but it's Charlie Hunnam in a proper, just acting and grown-up role. It's not a heartthrob role. It's really good. Bleed for this, that was cool. A Lady Macbeth, Alien Covenant, Wonder Woman, Dunkirk, Baby Driver, Spider-Man: Homecoming. I, I really enjoyed baby driver but i was annoyed with myself because i saw it in my local cinema it was in the small screen and i thought i should have seen it on a big screen with a big sound system as music was so key to it spider-man homecoming i thought was great war of the planet the apes i love that life i thought was good fun valerian i thought had some of the best science fiction ideas i've ever seen so that was a lot of fun atomic blonde detroit hitman's bodyguard the belco experiment that's from james gunn the the writer and director of guardians and that's great fun that's an office and they basically get locked in and told that they have to i can't remember the exact numbers but say there's there's 30 of them they have to kill five otherwise all of them will be killed kind of thing and it's then i loved it because you're like in your workplace you'll think of things like that who would they kill Oh, what choice would they make? I refuse to kill anyone. That's good fun. A Victorian Abdul, I really enjoyed. Logan Lucky, I really enjoyed. It, I thought was great. Brawling Cell Block 99. Kingsman, The Golden Circle. The Mummy. Colossal. Berlin Syndrome. That was a cool little indie. Beach Rats. Mother, I thought was alright, but I didn't enjoy it as much as everyone else seemed to. The Snowman. And that, now I got a lot of st- stick for that because everyone seemed to hate that. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I, I had Fassbender on the podcast. And the thing I liked about it was that it had the pacing and patience of like a BBC drama rather than a big blockbuster film. But that seemed to be what everyone else hated about it. And therefore, they all thought I was lying in saying I liked it. <laughs> so, no, I did. It's, again, it didn't make my films of the year. Uh, next up is Blade Runner 2049. That's the one I'm going to get a lot of texts and emails about f- f- for not being in my top 16. It was close, and I thought it was good. But again, I didn't see in it what everyone else saw in it, it would seem. But don't get mad at me. It's fine. I'm glad it's on your, your Films of the Year list. The, 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 that was the one that I looked at and thought, people are going to be mad that S- S- Sing, a kid's film, made it into my list and Blade Runner didn't. But I really enjoyed Sing. The enjoyment I got from Sing sitting there in the cinema in the moment was greater than the enjoyment I got from Blade Runner, which was still high. I liked it. I'm not hating on anything. Death of Stalin, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Thor Ragnarok, and Happy Death Day. Um, I enjoyed Happy Death Day. It was one... It was this shock hit in America. Everyone... It came out of nowhere and just was hugely popular. 
so I went to see it and thought it was cool. It's a bit of a Groundhog Day type thing, but isn't enjoyable enough. But didn't didn't make my films of the year. By the time this comes out, I will probably have seen two or three more films because this isn't coming out for a week, and I've got a couple of little half days that I might sneak a film in, and I want to catch Justice League, and I want to catch a few other things. There's a few other things on my list. Um, I hadn't seen Dark Tower, but the reviews for that weren't great, but I thought it looked like good fun. Um, I'm trying to think of others that I wanted to see but haven't. It's about it at the moment. As you can see, I saw a lot of films. Again, the reason I saw a lot of films was because I've got an Odeon Unlimited card and a Cineworld uh, Unlimited or whatever the the name of that is. This isn't sponsored by them in any way alternatively if they want to hit me up and give me just free films forever or if you want to any of them holler at your boy um i will be doing this again next year so the more free cinema trip or they're not free because you pay for a yearly thing rather say you're getting a deal but it's still supporting the arts so yeah anyway that's that thank you all for tuning in i will be posting this on social media probably i'll leave it until maybe friday so this is up on wednesday so friday or maybe i'll do it in, in next monday to give you the weekend to listen to it and then yeah that's it i'll post it on the monday and that'll be then you can go and c- c- comment obviously you can tweet me or instagram me or hit me up at scroobius pipio on the posts about this podcast but that's when i'll be doing the big post and i'll get loads of people going no you're wrong you should have seen Blade Runner. You should have seen Mother. And I'll be like, all right, mate, chill out. But yeah, thank you for tuning in. Oh, let's have the actual outro music and, and then I'll wrap up. So there we go. That was me sitting in a room on my own with heaters on, talking about the films I've enjoyed most this year in the cinema. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Um, If you're new to this podcast and you like films, let me tell you a few of the people I've had on this year. I've mentioned James McAvoy and Sophia Batella and Will Poulter and Michael Fassbender but and and Chris Fairbank I've mentioned as well haven't I but I've also had Johnny Lee Miller I've mentioned Armando and S. Craig Zala I'm going over my list now I had Eddie Izzard on and that was good and we talked about acting and and films as well as comedy Alice Lowe who had a great film out called Prevenge did I see that this year I saw that this year that that should have been on my list of films I saw this year Chris Fairbank and Neil Fitzmaurice uh, Kelly Marcel is a great episode because because she's a, a, write, a script writer so it's an interesting one so check that out Dave Johns who did I Daniel Blake which was in my films of last year Garth Jennings James McAvoy and then in previous years I've just had a lot of good actors so go and, ch- and check them out J- John Bradley Michaela Cole I'm going through my list Ed Scrine a two-parter with Ed Scrine Kathy Burke Kathy Bloomin Burke Stephen Graham, Jeez Louise, Paddy Considine, my oh my, come on, these are some some grade A actors, Paddy Considine, come on, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, I've had loads, I've had all the best ones, I haven't had all the best ones, but I've got some to come. In the new year, I'm going to have Lena Headey from game of thrones and from dread i'm hopefully going to finally have zoe ashton i know we've talked about it for ages but we've discussed it so hopefully it will happen soon paloma faith i've got lined up gaz khan loads of good guests in the new year so keep listening next week is it next week oh next week i've got alex horn as i record this i've just got back from recording the alex horn one so next week I've got Alex Horn from Taskmaster and the Alex Horn, the Horn section. So check that out next week. And then after that it'll be the Drunk Cast all over Christmas and the New Year. And that's going to be a ruddy bloody mess. 
Thank you for tuning in. Head to speechavailablerecords.com if you want to buy anything to support the podcast. You can get a Distraction Pieces podcast mug um, or a T-shirt. All these things that support this free podcast that comes to you every week. But other than that, thank you very much for tuning in and I will see you next week. Ta-ta!